0: Come on. Welcome, Lightblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Larry Mathis. Larry, are you ready to do this?
1: I am ready to do this, George. Looking uh, forward to it.
0: Let's go. Larry is a CFP and an AIF. He is the founder and CEO of Mathis Wealth Management. He's a speaker and the author of Mom Was Right. Larry, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: All right. So, uh, George, I have uh, been married to my wife, Rhonda, for 37 years. We started dating in high school, so we are the proverbial high school sweethearts. Nice. um we have three sons who are all grown uh three sons who are all grown working in their own uh their own careers uh we um i have an office in phoenix arizona we have a home there we also have a home up in the mountains of northern arizona which is where i am re- right now and uh we have horses and a dog and um and uh you ask you know why do i do what i do it's, it's interesting how life's challenges sometime can lead you in a direction um, that you weren't really expecting. So I was raised by a single mom, George. My father was killed in Phoenix in 1965. My mom had seven children. She was 35 years old. This was 1965. So way back then, um, she didn't have a credit card. She didn't have a home. She was basically renting a house. She was on her own, uh, kids from 15 months to 16 years old. And, um, my mom, um, worked very hard um, obviously during her life, but she was able to retire debt-free at 62. And candidly, George, even though I'm a certified financial planner, accredited investment fiduciary, own a, manage, a wealth management company, 90% of the day-to-day financial decisions I make, um, I learned from my mom being raised by a single mom. So um, why I do what I do, um, and I'll, I'll be candid, I wasn't always the best at making the best financial decisions. I made some mistakes in my life and uh, learned uh, through uh, tough love, and a lot of uh, tough lessons from mom, um, how to uh, make the right choices when it comes to making financial decisions. So today I try to help people to, to make the same smart financial decisions, not just based upon finances, but about um, the things that are most important to them in life.
0: Nice. Well, I, I, I appreciate, thank you for sharing all of that. Congratulations on 37 years of marriage. I think that there's probably a whole podcast episode there and what an incredible woman to be 35 years old with seven kids and to have your husband, uh, killed and, and to then just still be able to do something, retire early, uh, uh, uh effectively. That's, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it is, it is really amazing. My mom's since passed on, but uh, she's still making an impact in the lives of people through my book. Mom was right. As well as, um, you know, I still have uh, siblings who are, um, living, um, their lives a lot based upon, you know, being raised by a single mom. So I have a, I have a special affinity for, for single moms. And my, my goal really is and not, not just working with single, with single moms, but, um, that's a, a part of our practice that we really like to, like to help and kind of have a, a passion for, for helping them make good decisions.
0: I think a, a lot of the time it strikes me that, that the world of personal finance is overly complex. It's, it's, it's overly complicated. And then to hear that 95% of the decisions you're making are based on stuff that you learned from your mom, that suggests that you also probably recognize that that's true to some form.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of complexities in the financial world um, but really to be successful financially, in, in my opinion, there's just some simple things that people need to do. And it really comes down to early on and the sooner sooner rather than later in life to start making good financial decisions, forming good financial habits. Um, you can form good habits and bad habits um, and they work pretty much the same. Obviously, good habits work better for you when it comes to finances. Um, one of the things I often say, George, though, is I, I tell people that, it's, it's, um, that most financial decisions really have nothing to do with money. Um, if you really think about it, the things that really drives people to make uh, financial decisions are their emotions, what's happening right now in their life. But um, deeper than that, Um, I think people need to explore the things that are most important to them in life. And what I mean by that, not just goals, retirement at 65 and saving for a new home and such, but what are the driving factors? Kind of like the Olympian, you know, is working towards that gold medal. Yeah, the gold medal is the goal, but that's not what drives them to become the best. What's driving them is to become the best, the best that they can be. So helping people to identify those values which is uh, something that um, most people really haven't even taken the time to do to determine the things that are most important to them in life.
0: Why is that? Is that just because we're, we we don't pick our head up for long enough to do it? Do we not know the right questions to ask? Is it a little bit of everything?
1: Um, I think you kind of hit the nail on, on the head. We we um, we don't know the right questions to ask. And we, you know, we go to school. Uh, we may graduate from high school and start working. Um, and everybody tells you, you know, graduate, get a good job, go to work and, you know, try to save some money if you can. But we have we have so many things that are thrown out at us every day. Um, you know, buying buy this car, need to get a house, um, need to keep up with the Joneses, need to get a new car, need to put the kids in daycare and, and, and different things. And so we, we just have all this. Minutia out there that's thrown at us. Um, and but most again, there's just and 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 the finances can be complicated. But I think, I think, um, when you said, you know, we just kind of put our head in the sand, I don't know that we're putting our head in the sand, but we're not opening up and saying, what questions should I be asking myself? So, a, a good question to ask is, you know, hey, what's important about money to you? What's important about, and most people say, well, you know, when I have money, I've got you know, I can make decisions, I don't have to worry about paying the bills. And when they say, okay, well, so what's important about being, uh, you know, having the money and knowing that those bills are paid, and you kind of drive deep. And ultimately, what I find with most people, the things that they value most in time, or in life, are spending quality time with friends and family, um, having um, as much as possible, a stress free um, life. um, And, so it's it's asking those kind of questions. How important is it to you um, to to lower stress in your life? And one of the biggest stressors in life are finances. So if you can work your financial decisions around reducing or eliminating financial stress in your life, you're healthier. You're you're funner to be around. Uh, not so many arguments at home with spouses when there's less financial stress. So that's really kind of the process that we like to take people through. Of course, there's answers are different for everyone, but um, ultimately being able to live less stress and, and, and have a happier life, being able to have a, a, a positive impact in the lives of other people, maybe financially. So.
0: Well, I appreciate all that.
1: We have, and we haven't discussed a mutual fund yet, George. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, that we need to. <laughs>
0: We'll get to ETFs or, or indexes at some <laughs> point, maybe for sure. It, 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 I, I, I think you're right. Um, money is, is a through line to lots of the good things in our life, but it's also a through line to, to, to lots of the stress and anxiety and bad things in our life. And that doesn't matter, I think, if you're, if you're 25 years old and just kind of broke, you have yeah. financial stress, or you could be you know 25 years old and, and 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 a multimillionaire and still have stress about money um so how how what is kind of that starting point it's it's asking yourself these questions and figuring out what the values are but then identifying what is it about the money that's causing you stress or how do we how do you talk to people through that
1: well, once somebody has an idea of what's important to them, and again, the goals are important, values are important, and more important in my opinion, because those values are what are what gonna drive the decisions. Then people need to know, okay, I also have an, uh, a gentleman who said something to me years ago. He says, Larry, what gets measured gets managed. Um, and I'm gonna use a, uh, an example, if you will. So my son uh, is an EMT in Chandler, Arizona. Um, and, um, as an EMT, we had this, this conversation one time and I said, so when you get on scene, what's one of the very first things that you do once you realize, okay, the patient's, the patient's alive, so on and so forth. I said, you, he says, well, we take their vitals, we take their blood pressure, you know, we check their O2 and such their heart rate and so on. I said, so you're measuring and, and why do you measure, make those measurements? He says, well, the measurements, what's going on is going to determine what our, what our treatment is. So I said, so essentially what you're doing there is you're managing the the care of your patient by the measurements that you're taking. So I encourage people to do the same thing with their finances, just like a doctor or an EMT or whoever is going to measure certain things to determine what kind of treatment to give them. You need to measure your finances. And this is as, as simple as it gets. You need to know what you own, what are your assets what, are, what do I have in the bank? What, are, you know, what other assets might I have, a car or whatever? But you need to know everything you own. You need to know what you owe. Um, and George, I can't tell you how many people don't have a clue how much debt they really have. Um, I've had people tell me, oh yeah, I think I have maybe, you know, five or $10,000, five or 10,000, that's a big spread of credit card debt. And then when they really list it all out, they have a lot more than that. So you need to know what you own. You need to know what you owe. Um, here's an idea. You should know what you earn as well. How much money do I actually make? Um, I doubt that you'd be surprised, but many people would be surprised um, how many people don't know what they earn. And that doesn't make any difference whether you make earn 20000 a year or 20000 a month. You need to know what you earn. And then you need to know where does my money go? So what do you own? What do you owe? What do you earn? And where does the money go? And I'm not talking about keeping a budget per se, but I'm talking about finding out What are my actual expenses? So um, those are four things that need to get measured, and as you measure those on a regular basis, you'll find just by measuring those and keep tracking, keep keep track of it, you will manage those numbers as well, including spending and saving.
0: What a great uh, what a great analogy for for financial situations is an EMT showing up at the scene of an accident and needing to do an assessment and to sort of stabilize and triage and to figure out where we need to go, but making sure that we understand what the vitals are. Um, I think that that's really helpful. And and yeah, people who are listening, how well do you know the things Larry was just talking about? Do you know how much debt you have? Do you know how much money you have coming in? Do you know where it's going? And it doesn't surprise me that most people aren't really clear on that. And and, and and that was certainly me for a long time for probably all of my 20s. And I know that you mentioned you made some mistakes also at one point in your life. So it's very, very common.
1: Yeah. Um, so I wonder if you'd mind if I tell a quick story um, relating back to my 20s, as a matter of fact. So um, this was uh, obviously obviously before where I am now financially, it's vastly different. Um, so I'm 60 years old, George. let people know how old I am. So back in my wife and I got married out of college. We moved to San Diego, California. We rented a home for a little while, um, for a couple of years. I got kind of tired of flushing money by paying rent. Not that if that's what you can afford, that's what you can afford, and so that's what you do. But there came a time when we wanted to we wanted to buy a house. So we found this great little home in North North San Diego County. I paid hundred and five thousand dollars for it, George. I wish I still had it because I could imagine what it would be worth today. But anyways, we we wanted to buy this house. I called my mama. And uh, we, we had saved some money and I can be really candid. My wife had saved about $5,000 at that time. And uh, so I called my mom and I said, hey mom, Rhonda and I wanna buy a house. Um, it's $105,000 and there's, there's this thing called PMI. I really didn't know what it was, private mortgage insurance. Um, and I said, we need to put down like 20,000. And she goes, sounds like you wanna borrow $15,000. I said, yeah, I do. And so she said, okay. So we, I'm sitting there on hold and we're talking, you know, it was a long distance phone call back then too, by the way, George. <laughs> so I'm paying for this long distance call. My mom comes back a few minutes later. She says, okay, your payment is X, Y, Z. It was like 360 bucks a month, payable over 60 months, and uh, you'll have it all paid off. And I did the math real fast. I said, mom, that's, that's $18,000. Well, she says, of course it is. I'm charging you 8% interest. Hmm. And I'm like, 8%. And she goes, what's the rate on the mortgage? By And at that time, George, it was 10%. That's hmm. what it, mortgage rates were back then. So I said, okay, great. So um, anyhow, I said, okay, so we did it and we, we got the loan. It wasn't that long after that we were all of a sudden, now we got our eyes on a on a new car. You know, we got a new house and we want a new car like everybody else, you know. We like, we wanted nice stuff too. And so, and Rhonda was working, I was working. and But we, you know, needed an extra $2,000. So like, you're going to call? Uh, you call mom. Mom's got the money. So I called my mom and asked, you know, told her, hey, Ron and I want to buy this car. We need to put down $2,000. Can I borrow? She didn't even let me get it out. She says, I'm not loaning you any more money, Larry. I said, well, why is that, mom? She goes, you're already two weeks late on the loan that I gave you for the house. With credit like yours, Larry, why would I loan you another dime? George, that was the turn Point of my financial life when I thought, "Oh my gosh, my own mother will not loan me two thousand um, dollars." That was the turning point. Totally, at that point, I said, "Okay, and enough of this. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get our financial life in order." And I actually went and met and went to a conference where there was a financial a financial planner speaking. And he said, first things first, you got to figure out where your money's going. And I took 90 days. This was painstaking, by the way. There's there's programs you can do this for now. Back then, I literally carried around a notebook with me. And anything that we bought, Rhonda and I wrote it down for 90 days. And we figured out real fast where our money was going. We were eating out a lot, a lot. Um, way back then, way back then, it was $600 a month. Well, we figured out how to uh that was triage as you said i like that so um anyhow i may have gone off
0: topic a little bit but no i think that that's awesome and I, I appreciate you sharing and you know credit to you that that you ended up you know being a being a financial advisor but you actually took the advice that the speaker told you to do and uh hopefully you let the the, the, the that woman or man know hey you made a huge difference in my life telling me to track my spending because I recognized, oh my gosh, because I, I think that a lot of the time, just like you're talking about, we just aren't aware of how we're spending our time or how we're spending our money. And so that is the first step. And I mean, once you get your arms around that, not that the rest of it gets any easier, but you're at least on the path.
1: Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's the key. You've got to know. You have to know those those four things. So, and obviously, there's more to it than that as well. Um, once once you know that, then you take the next step in moving down the road on on um, other things that are associated in, in finances, which there's there's a lot, and I won't go into all of those right now. But there's a lot of other other parts of that. So,
0: yeah. Well, I think that that's going to be a uh, part two, and maybe three and four, Larry. So. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, The people are uh, are ready for that, uh, for for, uh, today's difference making tip, Larry, what do you have for them?
1: Well, the difference making tip, I hate to go back and say what I've already said, but this is really the key. You have to know where you stand financially. Um, You, you know, it's like if you're, if you're going on a diet, uh, you hate to do it, but maybe you're going to step on the scale. Um, so you have to know where you stand financially. Um, so it's a repeat, George, but I hope it's okay. Know what you own, know what you owe, know what you earn, and know where your money goes.
0: Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets come up. Yep, It <laughs> might be uh, one of the scariest things that uh, we're doing if we're trying to lose weight is to step on that scale. and the same thing goes for our money. If we're worried about how we're spending, actually look at that statement and actually track it might be painful, but you have to rip off that bandaid. So I think that's well said. Well, Larry, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you and where can they get a copy of your book? Mom was right. So
1: we have a website, of course, Mathis Wealth. Dot .com www.mathiswealth.com. i didn't men- mention it George but we also have uh, mathispublicsafety.com. we have a division of our firm that works exclusively with public safety officers fire public safety officers firefighters police officers and such um, if they want a copy of my book they can they can um, reach out on our uh, inter- on our at our website and just go to contact us and send us an email
0: excellent Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Larry your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to MathisWealth.com. It's M-A-T-H-I-S, Wealth.com. Check out the great resources and shoot Larry a message about getting a copy of the book. Thanks again, Larry.
1: Thank you, George. It was a lot of fun.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.